With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for these evolutionaries. What is that? That is a leader that goes from the inferior to the superior, a leader that is unfolding, a leader that is becoming everything that you've ordained them to be. And Father, it is in your name that we give you the glory for the ability to be able to grow tonight. I'm excited to pour into them tonight, and I pray that even those listening to the podcast of this that this will be fresh rhema for them. What is rhema? Rhema means it's the preceding word. It is, it is something fresh about something old. It's something that's been said that gets a new spin. And so I pray that tonight that you would speak with clarity, you would empower leaders tonight, that they would be everything you've ordained for them to be. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody on the line says amen. Hey, listen, again, if you don't subscribe, to our uh, leadership podcast, make sure that you do that. Not just our leadership podcast, you can also subscribe uh, to our life-giving messages podcast. Those are the messages. I don't use the term sermon. Uh, Nothing wrong with it. I just use the term messages, life-giving messages. That's the term we use and uh, at Harvest. And so you can subscribe to both of those podcasts totally free because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest. i got to tell you, it's amazing to hear testimonies from the lives of people whose lives are impacted and blessed because they get our podcast. And so I know your life is impacted and blessed. And so make sure you subscribe and leave a comment uh, saying that you enjoy it. Make sure you leave a five-star review and leave a comment uh, if, you, uh, if you enjoy it, if it speaks life uh, into your life. All right? Also, I want to encourage you, if you're not a member of the Harvest Leadership Network, we'd love to have you join. It used to just be the Harvest Fellowship of Churches. And the Lord spoke to me that we needed to do a um, needed to expand that so that we were not just reaching church leaders but reaching all leaders uh, in the seven spheres of society. What are those? Um, that includes business, family, arts and entertainment, church, of course, media, education, and government. We want to reach leaders in all of those sectors because what do you do if you're a pastor or what do you do if you're a leader what do you do uh, if you're an individual that's an executive what do you do if you're an entrepreneur somebody's got to speak life into you and so that is why uh, we make sure that we do that as it relates to the uh, harvest leadership network you can join at the time we're discussing it. it's totally free for you to do that and uh, all you got to do when you text hln to 59769 uh, or go to our website and just click on leaders or leadership or there's a button there you'll see that refers to the leadership network you can join very quickly and very easily one of the things that happens when you're a member of, the, uh, of hln is that uh, you'll be able to have a one-on-one session with me i get literally on um, Instagram in particular, there are literally anywhere from 
50 on a low end to 200 messages a day that come in on Instagram. And many of those messages are saying, Bishop Foreman, would you mentor me? Would you, would you guide me? Would you give me direction? Would you give me instruction? Would you do this? Would you do that? That's why we've created the Harvest Leadership Network, all right, so that we have a way to formalize um, those deposits that are made, all right? And, uh, and so when you're part of the network, you, uh, you, get, uh, uh, you get a reduced uh, offering. Uh, whenever I do one-on-one sessions, the way we set it up, is that, that actually benefits Harvest Missions. And today, I think we've given away over $306,000 um, towards the various Harvest Mission efforts that we have and that we take and that we do. And one of the ways that that is supported is through the session, the one-on-one session. So yes, there's an offering attached to it and because we, we appreciate what costs is something, but that offering doesn't come directly to me. It actually goes to benefit the lives of other people. So just something to be mindful of, especially if you need to work through some situations, you've got to do a one-on-one session, all right? You're going to uh, be blessed by that tremendously. I want to jump uh, right into, I want to jump right into something that I think is so important uh, for leaders. Y'all ready for this title? This title is about to just, you know, just, it, it's gonna, I think it's going to get you, I think in, in a good way. You ready for this? The emotionally strong leader. Wow. The emotionally strong leader. Um, here's the reality. Whenever you are a leader, you are going to take shots because you call the shots. When I say shots, I mean you're going to take betrayal, you're going to take disappointment, you're going to take hits, you're going to take, uh, uh, you're going to take frustration, you're going to take issues, you're going to take drama. And while other people are you know, out doing all types of other stuff, you are making it happen. And so it's so important that you know as a leader how to be an emotionally strong leader, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to start with this particular scripture, leaders. And again, I encourage you, have something to write with, even if you're listening to the podcast. Have something to write with. And make sure that you share this on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do a post. Tag me in it. Why are we doing that, Bishop? Because we want to reach as many people as possible, and we want to encourage them. We never know who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be built up, etc. Revelation 3.11, it says this, Behold, I am coming quickly. Listen to this, leaders. This scripture, this is so good. Hold fast to what you have. In other words, make sure you take care of what you have. Um, and Revelation is an interesting book because it, it comes from the Greek word apocalypto, where we get our word apocalypse, which means the uncovering of. What is an uncovering? It's revealing Jesus. So anything we're reading in Revelation, sometimes people have given it, uh, given it a misunderstanding of how we appropriately apply it. Um, the reality is, is that everything in Revelation is pointing to reveal Jesus, all right? So, so this is not just for something to come. This is for something that is. So watch. He says, behold, I am coming quickly. He says, hold fast to what you have. He says, take care of what you have so nobody will take your crown. Wow. He says, so that nobody will take your crown. Um, when we think of emotions, our emotions are our response um, to change. If you even look at the word E, meaning out of motion, out of change. Uh, emotions uh, can change. They can cause us to act strange. They can cause unnecessary pain and problems. And so one of the things we've got to do as leaders is make sure that we're confronting and conquering emotions so they do not conquer us. I'm going to say it again. 
We've got to make sure that we're confronting and conquering emotions so that they do not conquer us. And uh, the reality is, is every single day, leader, God is transforming you into his image daily. And since 1 John 4, 8 says God is love, each day you're being transformed in who you love, what you love, where you love, when you love, why you love, and how you love. And on that process and in that process of transformation, sometimes, watch me, there are breakdowns, and they're normally in our emotions. So what I want to do uh, is endeavor for us to study the structure or internal workings of an emotional breakdown. Why? So that we as leaders can be emotionally strong. Would you just type this in your notes that, uh, that, that I'm an emotionally strong leader? I need you to get that in the atmosphere. Matter of fact, would you mind even saying your name, please? Put it in the atmosphere. I'm an emotionally strong leader. Why is that important? You need to hear yourself say that. Because what God needs to accomplish through you is not going to be accomplished if you are always having emotional breakdowns. It's not going to be accomplished if you are always having emotional uh, trauma and issues. Uh, we can look at a man. There's several individuals, in fact. We could look at in the Bible that experienced this. Uh, we could pick a name, and the process and the anatomy of the emotional breakdown is the same. Jeremiah, who's known as the weeping prophet, um, is seen in, in the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations. To lament, uh, it doesn't just mean to mourn or to cry. To lament actually translates in the Hebrew word meaning how. And that's often where leaders begin to watch this have emotional breakdowns. It's not the what that happened to us. It, 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 it's the why it happened to us and the how do I get through it. I'm going to say it again. Why did this happen to us, and how do I get through it? See, Jeremiah's name, who means God has appointed or whom God will raise up, and that's really what a leader is. It's somebody that God has picked, somebody that God has decided to raise up the influence of the people. He comes from a priestly family, and his breakdown, watch me, leaders, was that he spent his life trying to help people that didn't want to be helped. Let's stop. A lot of the time, as leaders, you are investing in things that are not investable. You are investing in people that are not investable. Now, you said, Mr. Fulman, well, we'll make something not investable. There's no return on the investment you've already made. There are some people where you've got to watch their patterns. Everybody makes mistakes. But what, let me tell you what always tells the truth, a pattern. Uh, uh, you can have a bad day. You can also have an exceptional day. And often we judge what we invest in, who, what, where, when, why we invest in based off of one experience or one event and not the pattern. Jeremiah spent his life trying to help people that did not want to be helped. And proof that they did not want to be helped leaders was that, watch this, was that they never did anything he said to do. Um, some of us are sitting back, I'm just really working with somebody, but they don't really be doing what I'm saying. I, but I believe that I'm, you need to cut that belief off because what you are doing is you are wasting energy investing in something that is not investable. They never did anything he said to do. So Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And in Jeremiah's breakdown in chapter 20, Jeremiah said he was done. Jeremiah conspired to give up. Jeremiah said, I don't even want to talk about the word. I don't want to deal with God. I don't want to deal with these people anymore. And you know the story, right? And Jeremiah says, but when I wanted to quit, it was like fire that was shut up in my bones. I pray that tonight, every leader that has been discouraged, I pray that your fire, watch this, would be refueled again. Matter of fact, let's take a moment, even tonight, uh, and even during those, uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, I pray for your fire tonight. 
What does that represent? Your zeal. What does it represent? Your passion, your focus. I pray that your fire be restored tonight. Why? So that you will have the energy, you will have the fortitude, you will have the focus to do what it is that God has ordained for you to do. I pray that your fire, just like Jeremiah, that it return and that it be stronger than it's ever been before in Jesus' name. Can I get somebody right there to just say amen? In fact, if you're a leader whose fire has been wavering a little bit, just be honest about it. Listen, you do not have to fake it like, like, like you don't go through stuff. And like there's days you don't want to tell everybody where to go and how to get there. But here's what you need to declare in the atmosphere. My fire is, watch this, my fire is back. Somebody needs to put that on Instagram. Somebody needs to put that on Facebook. Somebody needs to tweet that and say, my fire is back. So that's Jeremiah's breakdown. What, cured, what, what helped him uh, get to a place of emotional health? It was fire. When fire touches something, it's never the same. And notice what helped him deal with his emotions was something spiritual. It was God giving him this fire that was shut up in his bones. He said it was like fire. And that was shut up in his bones, and he couldn't stop. It kept him going. And sometimes the reality is we're trying to grow, listen to me, leaders, on our strength instead of going off of God's strength. And that's what the Bible says. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. There are some days as a leader, and in fact, let me even say it this way, not some days, most days as a leader, you're going to say, God, I need you. I need your grace. I need you to do this through me. I need you to talk for me. I need you to take over my mouth. Give me, like Isaiah said, the tongue of the learned. I need you. There's also a man we could talk about named Elijah. Y'all know Elijah. Elijah's name in Hebrew means God is my God, specifically Jehovah is my God. And Elijah creates something called the sons of the prophets. The sons of the prophets was different than his contemporaries. His contemporaries have the school of the prophets, which makes students. Watch the difference. Elijah had the sons of the prophets, which was aimed at producing sons. See, you can teach a student tasks, and you can teach a student skills, and that's good. But when you teach a son, you're teaching a son identity. And when you teach somebody who they are, they'll know what to do. Why is this significant to understand the nuance? It's understand it's important to understand uh, the nuances of this because that means when you're teaching a student, your only, listen, your only investment is in the task. For many, watch this, leaders that are listening, you've not just invested in people as it relates to task. You have invested in people as it relates to identity. You didn't pay rent. You've been there in the midnight hour. I wish y'all would talk back to me. I know I, know you, I, know I can't hear you, but you better talk back to me. You didn't pay the rent. You, you, you bailed them out. You've been there when they had marital issues. You've been there when they had child issues. You have invested beyond the level of discipleship and making students. You have really invested you. You have imparted part of yourself into them. That's significant because Elijah was a man that spent his life pouring himself into other people. That's important to understand the distinction. He appears out of nowhere in 1 Kings 17, and he's referred to as the Tishbite of Gilead. Now, here's what that phrase, Tishbite of Gilead. It means Elijah was not only a man that poured himself into other people. Elijah was a man that came from uh, monuments and accomplishments. Monuments and accomplishments. That's what Tishbite of Gilead means. Here's what that means. He was an accomplished man. He had these monuments in his life where he could say, look, I accomplished that. Look, I accomplished that. Look, I accomplished that. For some, watch this, as a leader, I'm going to help you, your greatest challenge has been 
that you have accomplished many things for yourself and you are trying to help other people, and it seems like you're not able to help other people get it. I'm talking to somebody. Uh, you have done other things where you've got accomplishments, but you've not been able to seemingly reproduce yourself in anybody. And James 5, 17 says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In the chapter 17, Elijah prophesied the clear drought in the land, and we can infer that the reason is because of the stubbornness of the people. And from there, he's directed by God to go to the brook of Cherith, which means a place of separation and cutting. The Lord feeds him with a raven. Y'all know the story because he had prophesied uh, that there'd be no rain. Well, one of the unintended consequences of that prophecy adversely affected him. Then the Lord orders him to go to Zarephath, which means the place of refining. God takes him to a place of refining. And these are all important. I'm going to come back to them in a minute. Takes him to a place of refining, but more specifically extraction metallurgy. Um, refining is a process that's referred to as metallurgy, but there's a specific type called extraction metallurgy. That's what Zarephath means. It uses fire to decompose the ore. Stop. Jeremiah, he was able to deal with his emotional breakdown because of fire, right, that fueled him. So Elijah goes to this place where fire is used to decompose the ore, driving off other elements as gases and leaving just the metal base behind. I said a whole lot, so let me make that simple. Whenever you are a leader that's getting ready to do something significant, you're going to have stages in your journey. And Elijah, watch this, he deals with some unintended consequences, and he ends up in this place where the fire he has, watch me, it drives off other gases. Watch me. The fire he has pushes away what can't stay. I need some of you to realize, watch this, you haven't lost anybody in your life. They couldn't stay because they couldn't handle the fire. I need you to not look at it as lost. I said, somebody said something to me several months ago, and he said, well, I just don't want, to, uh, want you to lose anybody. Cause I said, no, 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 let me stop you. Let me stop you. I said, I can't lose anybody. I said, because the Bible says this. The Bible says, those that are of us, well, he says, they went out from among us because they were not of us, for if they were of us, they would have remained with us. Here's the point. Anybody that ain't with you ain't going to be able to stay. People that are with you will stay. Here's the, here's the point. Sometimes as a leader, I need you to watch this. Stop chasing after Judas. As a leader, stop chasing after people who don't want to be consistent. As a leader, stop chasing after people where you got to babysit. You're misusing your effort. Let's keep going because I want to get to this emotionally strong leader. Somebody needs to declare that as a leader tonight. You need to say that over yourself. I'm an emotionally strong leader. So uh, after that, you know the story. The widow woman uh, is prepared. Uh, she's prepared for her, her and her son to die. And not just her and her son. The Bible says her and her household. So there was more people than her and her son. Uh, and she meets, uh, reaps miracles. She gives the man of God the first fruit, the first the first piece, he said, you know, take it, make me some, and bring me mine first. It's called a first fruit. She gives it to him, and, uh, and you know, the Bible says that her and her household eat. The son dies. Elijah calls the son back from the dead. And now we get to where I want to get to about Elijah's emotional breakdown. We're in 1 Kings 18, three years into the drought um, that Elijah prophesied, and God sends Elijah back to King Ahab to announce that rain was coming. And a man named Obadiah, he's Ahab's chief of staff, he was able to survive after Jezebel, Ahab's wife. Y'all, 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 uh, I would imagine you have a little knowledge about the spirit of Jezebel. She had massacred the men of God. Some of you, watch this, the, the fights you deal with emotionally, 
the reason you can't just solve them with emotional fixes is because it's, a, it's an attack in the realm of the spirit at your emotions to take your focus. I want to back it up and say it again. It's an attack in the spirit, watch this, against your emotions to rob you of your focus. So Jezebel, she massacres men of God. And that's what the spirit of Jezebel is. It's all about tearing down men and women of God. Only 100 prophets are left, and uh, uh, Obadiah I put them in hiding to feed them, um, which reveals to us the enemy of the plot, right, in 1 Kings. is Jezebel. She's the wife of Ahab. Their union is significant because it marks Satan release of the only spirit that has the power to oppose the spirit of an Elijah. And so when you look through the scripture, uh, something very significant happens. Something very significant happens um, is that, watch this, Elijah has this great victory on Mount Carmel. You know, he slays all of these prophets, uh, uh, 450 prophets of the false god Baal, Jezebel's god. And what's amazing, you, you, you know, matter of fact, let's just tell the story just in case you don't know. Everything seems great for Elijah the day before chapter 18. He calls the people together. He says, how long are you going to go back and forth about what you believe? He sets up a supernatural showdown between God and Bell's followers, he's really leading. And there are days in your leadership you're going to feel like, I'm doing the thing. I'm a great leader. Um, and he, uh, Bell's followers, they call on them. They mutilate themselves. Of course, no one answers when they pray. And Elijah just at them saying that maybe Bell is meditating or he's busy or on a trip or he's just napping. And Elijah reveals the broken down effort, and in an effort to display how awesome God is, he wets the wood three times over, calls down fire from heaven. It consumes the wood, the stones, licks up all of the water. He slays 450 prophets of the false god Baal. And guess what? After having an incredible day, watch me, leader, watch me. After having an incredible day, guess what? Then the attack comes. After his victory at Mount Carmel, Jezebel makes one threat. And I need you to know, as a leader, you are most vulnerable right after victory. I'm going to say it again. You are most vulnerable right after victory, leaders. This is why it's so important that we make prayer an integral part of our day. Why? Because we're most vulnerable after we get some good news. Once you make a decision to do what you're supposed to do, listen to me, that's when you're most vulnerable. Once you make a decision to move forward in, in, in a plan, in a, in, a, in, a, in a strategy, that's when you're most vulnerable. Once you sign the deal, that's when you're most vulnerable. Once you say, I'm going to open it, the business, or, or open a new church, I'm going to do this, whatever it is, that's when you're most vulnerable. That's when the attack came. And Jezebel makes one threat, and she says she's going to kill him. She doesn't even say it herself. She sends a messenger. She says she's going to kill him, and it sends Elijah on the run. Stop. The day before, he is the man. He is leading in such a strong, powerful way. He is the lion. The lion is roaring. I came to let some leader know, stop thinking something is wrong with you because one day you feel like you could take the nation, and one, and one day you feel like you could, t you, know, you could take over, and the next day you feel like you're being overtaken. Listen, that is part of the journey of leadership. And I need you to realize, leader, you are not a punk. What's a punk? One that runs from the fight. But Elijah, that's what he did. He ran. And let's tell the truth, leaders. We have all had moments where rather than dealing with the issues, or rather than dealing with our challenges, we've all had moments where we run. 
He runs for his life, even after seeing such a great victory. He's been attacked. And I've said it, and I'll say it again. Often great attacks occur after great triumph or victory or great progress in your life, just prior to another great triumph, because you put your guard down and you begin to think to yourself, I can finally rest. Here it is, the emotionally strong leader. Elijah, watch this, although he had a great day, look at the pattern over the last three years of his life. I'm going to help you. He's dealt with consistent instability. Remember, he's by the brook. Then he's over here with, at Zarephath with the widow woman. Now he's talking about the rains coming back. He's, but where did he come from? Accomplishment. Where did he come from? Good credit. Let's make it practical. Where did he come from? Having money. Where did he come from? Always being on top. Now, for three years of his life, he's dealt with inconsistency in every area of his life. He's dealt with inconsistency in the people around him. He's dealt with inconsistency in, in what was providing for him. So the reality is, is when she made that threat, it activated panic on the inside of Elijah. And Elijah panicked. And whenever you panic, leader, we will always normally make poor decisions. Watch this. Watch this. Come on, leader. I need you to say this. I rebuke my panic. Come on, leader. Say it. Say it. Say it. I rebuke my panic. Please say it one more time. I rebuke my panic because panic is going to get you in places that, that are, where you're out of position. The first place that Elijah goes to when he runs, because he's afraid of her, even though he, she, he just slayed 450. How does one man slay 450 and now you're scared of one woman? He starts out by going to God at this place called Beersheba. But something happened in his breakdown, and it went into a self-created and self-inflicted wilderness. He goes a day's journey into the wilderness. Listen, leader, whenever you are finding yourself in an emotional place, <clears throat> the first thing you need to do is stop and turn around. Bishop, that's it? Is that simple? Oh, yes. We're not going to go that deep. It's stop and turn around. He goes a day's journey into the wilderness. What does that represent? He goes a day's journey into this emotional breakdown. And when he goes a day's journey into this emotional place, he dwelt there longer than a day. And hear me, leader, don't keep a problem longer than a day. You cannot keep a problem longer than a day. Um, don't keep a problem longer than a day. Several things happen to Elijah uh, while he is in that place. And uh, he, he, he feels alone. He feels like he's by himself. Let me, let me give you a few things that happen to him when he's there. Um, he goes by himself, all right? Don't go by yourself. You're not alone. Leaders, one of the reasons we have the Leadership Network is that we can stay connected. One of the reasons we do the conference is so we can stay connected. One of the reasons I post so much on social media is so we can stay connected. Um, it's so important that you stay connected to things that feed you, things that build you. Don't go by yourself and watch this, and don't take the wrong person with you. Um, the Bible says that his servant was with him, but he was still alone. Wait a minute. If your servant is with you, how are you still alone? That tells us that the servant was there, but he didn't add value. It, it's one thing to be alone. It's another thing to take somebody with you that doesn't add value. Don't take a ride alone that ain't going to help pay for gas. Y'all ain't talking. Here's the next thing. He prays to the Lord, and he prays to die. Now, I need you to realize, leader, you will have moments, and if you haven't had it, you may have a moment where thoughts of you not being on the planet anymore may come up. And I need you to know that you're not alone in those thoughts. But I do need you to know that you've got to shut that down. See, he prays to die, and Elijah says he's no better than his fathers. 
um, Elijah's uh, started to feel like a failure. He started to get into this place of, of discouragement. And whenever discouragement isn't cut off, it becomes depression. And for some leader on this and listening to this podcast tonight, you have been living with discouragement that you never shut it down. I like this quote from Babe Ruth. Every strike puts me closer to the next home run. Every strike pushed me closer to the next home run. You got to know you're going to have some days. You're going to have some people. You're going to have some things happen that just don't go the way you want it to go. You're going to have to change how you look at that. Elijah was really saying, you know, what's wrong with me? Because this emotional attack had this man questioning everything about himself. And the Bible goes on to say he didn't want to do anything but sleep. And he's even sitting up under a broom tree. A broom tree has juniper berries. Juniper berries are used to flavor gin. What is the scripture inferring about where Elijah's at? That Elijah was so discouraged that all he did was sleep and drink all day. Now, I know that's deep, right? I know that's deep to think that here this great, strong man of God who's just killed 450 prophets, just done all this amazing stuff. This man don't want to do nothing but sleep and drink, but that's the reality of where he was. It's the reality of where he was. Why? Because although he was strong in many other areas, he was dealing with challenges in his emotions. He went too long into that journey um, of, 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 of an emotional breakdown, and then he took the wrong people with him in that journey. Got it? Despite how great things looked externally, he felt like a failure inside. Leader, I need you to please say this about yourself. I am not a failure. I am not a failure. Just because you have failed, that does not make you a failure. Just because you have failed, that does not make you a failure. All right? If you're focused on your problem, listen, you're going to forget about your previous progress. He had forgotten who he was. This is a man of monuments of accomplishments. This is a man that's got so many accomplishments, he can go point it out and say, look, I did that, look, I did that, look, I did that, look, I did that, look, I did that. But this man is having an emotional breakdown. He's not emotionally strong right now. And then this man forgot what just happened a few days earlier. You just played 450 guys. And now this girl got you tripping. I rebuke whatever's got you tripping and making you think you're a failure. He forgot about his previous progress. Watch this. And he forgot about his future promise. This is a man that was up telling other people, you know, God's going to do this. God's going to do this. This is going to happen. This guy, he's prophesying. People are getting healed. Lives are getting changed. This man is doing amazing things. And guess what? He forgot about his own future progress. That can happen to you as a leader. He starts getting strong emotionally, and guess what happens? His emotional breakdown pops up again. And where does it happen this time? In a cave. I'm giving you the summary so you can go read this in your own time. It pops up again in a cave. When you start getting strong emotionally, guess what's going to happen? Contractions start. What's a contraction? It means something opens up, then it shuts down. Ah! It opens up, then it shuts down. Many of you have been in a place, this is why nine is so important, because nine is the number of birthing. Nine is the number of fruitfulness. It's the number of manifestation. It's the number of results. Many people have been in a place where the moment something opens and looks good, it shuts down. The moment it looks like you're going to have a breakthrough, it shuts down. What, is, what are those things designed to do? 
They are designed to stop you from progressing forward until they stuck in your emotions. But I need some emotionally strong leader to say it again. I am emotionally strong. So the attack on your emotions isn't really about your emotions. It's about your focus. If you can get emotional, you will get unfocused. And if you get unfocused, you will not be fruitful. You will not get to your future. And you know the story. Maybe you don't. So let me just give it to you. Wind came. The Lord wasn't in that. An earthquake came. The Lord wasn't in that. Fire came. The Lord wasn't in that. The Lord asked him, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know, the scripture says in a steel, small voice, what are you doing here? And that's God's question to some leader tonight. What are you doing in this emotional place? And whenever you are finding yourself in the middle of an emotional meltdown, like it's not going to happen, and you're questioning God, and you're questioning faith, and you're questioning leadership, and you're questioning giving, and you're questioning whether or not you're good enough, you're questioning whether or not you got what it takes, you've got to ask yourself that same question. What am I doing here? Why are you stuck? And guess what? He goes on and says, Lord, I've been zealous for you. I've had a lot of zeal for you. I've had a lot of passion for you. And he says, I'm by myself. It's just me out here, and I'm out here by myself. And here's the reality. God says, no, you're not. He says, listen, there's some Elisha. There's an Elijah in specific, or specifically for him. He says, you're going to go get him, and he's going to raise up in your stead and you're going to anoint a new king because I'm about to kill Ahab. Listen to me, leaders. This is, this, is, this is the coup de grace. You ready? He was telling him to do what you're created to do in order to get through. I'm going to say that again. Do what you're created to do in order to get through. I'm going to say it again so that somebody in the back can hear me. Do what you're created to do in order to get through. Preach your way through. Serve your way through. Invite your way through. Lead your way through because you you're coming out of any emotional place that is not helping you to evolve. That's why Isaiah 40 and 31 says, they that wait on the Lord. You want to know what that word wait means? It means they that serve. They that serve, which means I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep leading. Now watch this. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be better than I was before. Watch this. I'm not going to be stuck in this emotional place. He says, go get Elisha and go pour. What? Go get Elisha and go pour. Isn't the issue he's having, isn't part of his issue dealing with people? Guess what? Sometimes the, the way to solve the problem is to confront the way you've been handling the problem. He followed those things, and, of course, he came out of that low place. And so much so, God was so pleased with how he came out of that, God took him up alive, and he says, listen, before I manifest myself in a human physical body, I'm going to, I'm going to manifest myself. Um, I'm going to manifest you, Elijah, and John the Baptist before I come back. He was saying, Elijah, I need you to show people how to be emotionally strong. If I had time, I, I could talk about Job. Job uh, was a man that, uh, you know, we, we like to tell Job's story, but Job went through an emotional breakdown, too. And he bounced back. He bounced back. And the reality is I want to end with this scripture. I want to end with this scripture about Job. We talked about Jeremiah. We talked about Elijah. I want to end our time today talking about Job. You don't know the story of Job. Here's, here's, the, here's the Cliff Notes version. God trusted him with trouble. 
and the Lord says on day one, listen, you can mess with him. You'll see he ain't going to turn on me. And for some of you leaders, you need to know, don't curse God's compliment of you. Shut your mouth. What do you mean? God was complimenting and bragging and talking about you, saying, I know my son can handle this. I know my daughter can handle this. Watch how they handle this. Watch them do it. And guess what? He handles it. Uh, he handles it well. They won. The Bible says he loses his children, loses much of his animals, his livestock. That's how he made his livelihood. And you want to know what the Bible says he did? He kneels down and he worships. The next day, uh, the scripture talks about, it, it says, Satan is walking to and from the earth. He goes to the Lord and says, have you considered my servant Job? God says, look at how well he handled that. Listen, I bet he can handle some more. Sometimes the pressure you feel is a compliment because God knows you can handle it. Sometimes the pressure you feel, don't curse it. It's God's way of saying, I believe in you more than you know. You can handle more than you think. Got it? And whenever you can handle more, you can also watch this. You can also live more. If you live like nobody else, you get to live like nobody else. Day two, Job's body's attacked. He's got boils on his body. His body's attacked. This next day, Job goes through an emotional breakdown. He's not emotionally strong anymore. Day one, he's strong. Day two, He's like, I just, I'm so over this. And his breakdown lasts until uh, the end of the chapter. His breakdown lasts uh, all the way until the end uh, of that book. Here's what I want you to see. Job chapter 8, verse 7. One of his friends said something that's so profound that I want to say to you, leader. He says this, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. And I want to encourage you tonight as an emotionally strong leader to realize whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, I gave you practical tools to deal with that. I want to encourage you in this regard that wherever you started, I need you not to break down. I need you not to break down before you break through. I need you not to give up before you go up. I need you not to throw up before you try up. It's getting ready to happen. Listen, I pray you've been blessed by what you heard today. I pray it spoke some life into you as a leader. Um, I know um, as a leader, we can deal with a variety of emotions because we got our own stuff plus we got the stuff of other people. And that's just the job. That's the chair. Don't Don't curse the chair. That's what comes with the chair. I want to just affirm you, speak life into you as a leader. You're good enough. You got what it takes. You can make it happen. You're well-equipped. Got it? You handle this thing. Um, Listen, again, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, make sure that you do that. I'm going to close out our time in prayer, and uh, I want to encourage you, if you want to sow into what you've heard tonight, sow into it. I'm a believer in sowing. If, if one thing you hear me talk about consistently is the power of sowing because I've watched it work in my life. And so um, don't, confuse, uh, don't confuse a principle uh, with an ill motive, right, the biblical principle. I just want to see anyone that I lead in any way, shape, form, or fashion, I want to see them to be the best, have the best, live the best, walk in the best, and I believe in the power of sowing. And I've seen God do amazing things. So if you want to sow, you can do that. You can go to Harvest Church, that church, click the give button. If you want to use Cash App, you can Cash App it to hashtag Bishop Foreman, or you can do it to Harvest Church Give, hashtag Bishop Foreman, or hashtag Harvest Church Give. Those are the two simplest ways to give. Let me pray for you, leader. Father, I speak life into these leaders. And I declare, that Father, they will be emotionally strong 
so that their ladder will increase greatly. What does that mean? If they can come out of those emotional breakdowns, if we can come out of those low emotional places, we will see great breakthrough in our lives. So we thank you for it. We bless you for it. I declare that every leader is emotionally strong for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, guys, pray that you've been blessed. Hope to see you at the time that this is being recorded. Hope to see you at the conference in September. It's going to be amazing, September 11, 12, and 13. If you are listening to this after it's been recorded, of course, the conference is already over. We're talking about the 2019 conference, uh, but, but I realize that these podcasts are timeless, so just want to be very clear. How do you get registered? Text COMING, C-O-M-I-N-G, 59769. If you can get to Denver any one of those nights, even if you can only get here on Friday the 13th, there's actually a very spiritual significance to Friday the 13th. It, you know, if you kind of grew up with, you know, a bunch of uh, – uh, old wives' tales, and, and uh, the word escapes me right now, but, um, uh, you know, uh, superstition, you think, oh, Friday the 13th. There's actually something very biblical about it that's going to represent something significant for your life. So we'd love to see you here at the conference and here in Denver for that. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Have a great night, leader. Shalom.